Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend and we watch an episode of the classic sitcom The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, we get to talking about the show, and anything and everything else it might lead us to also discuss. My guest this week is Justin Schneier. Justin is an actor, singer, and a behind-the-scenes guy as well, working at many Orlando attractions, regional theaters, international tours. Uh, he's a very fun, funny, entertaining guy. He's actually also one of my best friends. Justin and I watch Season 4, Episode 5, called Different Drummer, and it had an original air date of November 10th, 1982. I should point out that this episode is about the subject matter of the mentally disabled. And since the show is from 1982, there is a word that is used abundantly to describe the mentally disabled. This word starts with an R. We do use the word in the podcast as well when we are referring to its use in the show. I just felt that I should uh, give a little extra special warning here since this is an extra special episode with a lot of this extra special and now outdated word. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Justin Schneier. Well, hello, Justin Schneier. Welcome. Well, hello, David. I am assuming we are beginning. Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, welcome to my home. Did you did you find the place okay? Uh, yes, my GPS was fully charged, <laughs> and I found it pretty easily. Thank you. Uh, Justin is actually one of my closest friends, and he has cooked more meals in my kitchen than I have. This is true. And uh, very true. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad to finally get you on the show. You've been a fan since I, the start. I've been a fan since before you started it. Yeah, that's, that's really it's exciting. It's a good idea. So he's the world always... needs this. The world needs this podcast. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll certainly not um, fight you on that. Not sure I'm going to agree wholeheartedly, but, that's you know, fine. someone that's needs fine. to believe in this show. Someone does. <laughs> well, we watched season four, episode five, Different Drummer. I, I recall seeing this, but I do not believe it is in rotation in the reruns. I texted Paul Padilla to ask him, and he says that, yes, it is. He's seen it in mm -hmm. reruns. I'm very shocked by that. But, um, but we'll, we'll talk about it because yeah. neither you nor I were quite prepared. I had no idea. <laughs> the execution was horrendous. Oh, and or, there was no foreshadowing. God, no. There was no and I think no. they thought that they did. I think they thought that they did. I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess so. One of the many problems we'll unpack. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah. We have a, oh, a lot, of, lot of stuff to unpack here. Um, so before we begin, what is your relationship with the show before, uh, before this podcast existed? You are, you are 20 years younger than I am. If you don't mind my divulging I, your age. I, I, I'm 32 years of age. Um, I'm 51. I was... I was quite deceased when this show premiered <laughs> pre, pre, I, pre I was no I, I, I dead alive dead again dead 
did. Was not had no idea. Didn't even know there was a world. Yeah, at Wesley time. Wesley Slade would say I was dead then. Wesley Slade would have gotten that from me, and he would say that I got it from him. We're not going to fight right yeah. now. We're not yeah. going to fight. Justin and Wesley are super duper crazy besties, and uh, besties or. What are the rumors? I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway. <laughs> um, Open to much speculation. Yeah. He does sing a lot of show tunes. But, um, yeah. So, yes. Obviously, the show did not exist. Uh, the show existed long, long before your conception yeah. and birthing. Um, but did you watch it at all growing I up? I did not. None of it. I, I did. Uh, there was Nick at Night when I was growing up. And I, I did watch... Uh, like I dream of Jeannie. I loved I love Lucy. I I, mm-hmm. I, I watched uh, Gilligan's Island. Uh, Happy Days was big for me. Really? Uh, it was. Yeah. Don't well, ask me anything about that show now. It's yeah. It's, it's erased from my memory. Yeah. It's one of the worst. But I Literally. watched those shows and I and I I took an active interest. Um, never, ever watch an episode of this show until today. Oh, was I, oh, that's very true. I, you've watched? Didn't you watch one with me before? Well, if you, if you want to show the people what's happening behind the curtain, yes, I did watch one with you before, but that was just for fun. I don't watch this show. Yeah. In fact, I didn't know the names of any of the characters oh. until they spoke them. Wow. This is a fresh interpretation. I apparently so. Um, so good. I am pleased that I am introducing the show to you. Yep. And. Uh, you are the type of listener I hope and pray for because it's that thing of well, do you have to watch the show? Do you have to know the show? Do you have to be? Oh, not at all. No, I'm I'm I listen for the zany antics of your uh, your your guests. Oh. I will say, and I just want to say that and, I had a me. delicious uh, and you. Yeah, I had a fantastic smorgasbord of cookies before watching this episode, mm-hmm. and I just want that known. That mm-hmm. David is a wonderful host, I and am. it seems like for every single guest, we all get a little something, something. And I just want <laughs> to make it clear that he did not disappoint this evening. I am leaving with a full belly. Oh well, you know, I try, I really do, and you succeed. Yes. Well, um, the next step, of course, in the show, as you are well aware, mm-hmm. is me asking you to give a two sentence or shorter synopsis of the episode so that uh the outside listener just has a sense of what did you and i just watch and that's a much bigger question than people realize what did you and i just watch i i i suppose um whilst waiting for their highly anticipated bread delivery Mm -hmm. blair and the gang happened upon leo a boy with a secret <laughs> and that's it that's all that i'm that's gonna all say you for, to do. that's the tv guide wow. version because i think if you actually wrote down specifics in the tv guide wow. version no one would watch it yeah um we do need to address the fact that the show uses a word to describe leo that we know is no longer considered appropriate and we will arrive at using that word and we just want to pre-warn everybody it's coming and that you and I are fully aware it is not an appropriate word to use. We will only use it when quoting the show. Yeah. Only then. Only then. Yeah. And we could maybe even avoid it then, but 
It does uh, need to be addressed how often they oh, use it. We're, we're going to get into talking about Ooh. words. Uh, wow. Semantics. Semantics. Oh, we are. We, I, I think we are. I think that's actually where this is going to go, which is why I'm fearful for this to be broadcast. No, no. Because I have some differing opinions. Oh, okay. Um, um, well, let's, let's jump on into it then. Why don't we? We sure. start in the first scene, and you already alluded to it, a much-anticipated... Uh, delivery from the bakery is late. Everybody uh, in the cast except Blair is in the cafeteria and wow, they are fit to be tied because this bread. Roy, the bread delivery guy, the one we know regularly appears to harass Joe. Oh, he is regular. He has been on the show twice before. I have, I have words about him. I don't know when to get into it. But. Yeah, we, we he's been on the show twice before. Okay. And he will be on a few more times before they, I feel like they graduate the end of this season. So we see him a couple more times. And then I think there's one carryover episode in Edna's Edibles where we do get him. But yeah, he's sort of one of those recurring presences, but not a regular cast member. Okay. Okay. But he shows, he has not shown up rather with their shipment from the bakery. And he missed both breakfast and lunch. And the girls are like, we had to serve meals without bread. What you the fuck? You would think that these bitches breathe yeast <laughs> that they couldn't possibly live without a slice of bread the fucking anger of these horrid people they they're horrid were... i don't know them i don't yeah. watch the show my first impression these are terrible terrible women oh okay oh god good to know they were rude to that poor boy uh, they were but when finally roy does show up he uh, is there, and he has this new assistant helping him carry in the boxes of bread and pastries, mm -hmm. etc. And um, when he brings them in, the girls all give him what for, as the middle-aged yeah. writers would say. And uh, he does refer to Joe as my little pet. He always has these terms of endearment for Joe, which are 150% unwelcome. Mm -hmm. And he is 150% clueless about it, even though she is explicit in saying to him, go fuck yourself. Can I, can I just unpack my Roy feelings right now? Do it. Go right ahead. Perfect um, time. Perfect timing. Uh, Roy is what I consider to be gettable cute. Mm -hmm. He's very attractive. You think after Lauren Lester. I absolutely do. We discussed previously... He Upon his first, with his first appearance, uh -huh. him being confident and so pursuing of Joe, mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that he's not crazy hot. Oh. The fact that he approached it with um, this chipper demeanor and confidence, it was refreshing. We were like, we, we liked Roy and think he is perfectly cast. He is adorable. He has a, a he has such a cute face, great hair, great hair. I'm gonna say yeah, great 80, um, 1982 hair. Yeah, super cute. And the whole conceit of the beginning of this scene is that his um, his new assistant mm -hmm. uh, is is crazy hot. That's that's the conceit of this. Yeah. That, that the the girls suddenly turn and notice, oh, uh. who is this guy? And I'm thinking, absolutely not. You're all looking at the wrong the wrong gentleman. Oh. Wow. Okay, I, I, we're gonna have I truly to, believe in this. We're, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Oh, because, no. Um, the big reveal of the scene is he said, I'm sorry I'm late, but it's been taking me extra time to show the ropes to my new assistant. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a great theatrical reveal, 
similar to the way we revealed Todd Bridges doing a guest spot on the show last season, mm. a box is removed from the top of the stack that Leo is holding. Have we said his name is Leo? The hot new guy's name is Leo. Leo. Much like Shia LaBeouf in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Leo. Leo. Leo is his name. Leo. Oh. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. And when that box is removed, we see the face of really and truly, I think, quintessential 1982 hot guyness. He I, is he is smoking. I hot. will not discount his hotness. Super tall. However, it's an unapproachable model hot. This uh, other this this Roy guy is gettable. And oh that God, is yeah. a very attractive feature. <laughs> <laughs> if your standards are low, yeah. Ooh, yes. He, oh God, and yeah. Smoking. Those those girls with low standards And probably. he has bread and pastries. I He's know. delivering sweets. It, he Hey. The, and these rude women <laughs> rude these garbage people specifically um miss this mrs garrett says that she uh will stuff him and roast him mm. because he doesn't have bread fast enough for her she's the one who has to make the orders i'm sure why does she wait so long and second if you're going to stuff him and roast him he's not going to cook properly stuffing doesn't work she's a, <laughs> she's a horrid woman she's horrid <laughs> I did not appreciate my first impression my, my first impressions of these ladies. I'm okay. sorry to go off on a tangent. All right. Wow. My apologies. To the to the new viewer, I I suppose that's uh that is certainly a valid point it's, of it's view. It's not a good first impression. Anyhow, at this point they girls meet him and they're Oh, like Tootie and Natalie have become a Tex Avery cartoon. Their eyes are yep. like Ooga. And they're pulling their tongues and their ears are going ding, ding, ding on the top of their head. A lot of onomatopoeia. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of it. So basically it's like, all right, girls, come on. We got to go to work. Quit ogling over him. And they're like, wow, he's great. And um, Roy does say, yeah, he's a great guy, though he is kind of slow. He does say that. There is nothing at all to indicate that whatsoever except for Roy saying that line. There is nothing. That was the foreshadowing that the writers handed us. That was not a foreshadow. Yeah. See, the problem is nowadays when you refer to somebody as slow, we instantaneously have to stop and say, is that a euphemism for something else? Right. In this particular show, it was not a euphemism because they were not trying to mask the language that was about to happen. I suppose they weren't trying to mask the language, but watching that actor... Yeah. I saw nothing to indicate that at all, which made oh. the reveal absurd. I, I, I'm not sure I agree with you there. Okay. But let's talk about that actor. The okay. actor's let's, name yes. is Thomas Bird, sometimes credited as Tom Bird, B-Y-R-D. Okay. Um, he will appear in a future episode of The Facts of Life in a different character. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will be in season six, episode 18 as the character of Nick in the show called With a Little Help from My Friends. And that is where, um, according to Paul Padilla, Blair's cokehead boyfriend is meeting a dude that they think is the drug dealer at at Edna's Edibles. I'm sorry. Leo is the dealer or the crackhead? Crackhead. Crackhead. Cokehead. Cokehead. Excuse me, cokehead. I'm sorry, crackheads. My apologies. very insensitive of you, Justin. I apologize. Um... So, but he has many credits, uh, Give Me a Break, Fantasy Island, Alice, mm-hmm. Family Ties, Newhart, a lot of standard credits you find in the 80s going into the 90s, right. and then his credits end in 1997. 
So oh. I don't know whatever happened to him. He at ninety seven, I believe that's when Titanic came out. He probably saw it and never recovered. And that's said, the only logical explanation. That's it. He said, "I'm never going to act again, and I'm never yep. going to whatever." Anyhow, I still cry. Uh, I mentioned earlier, if you recall, that everybody but Blair was in the cafeteria. So in comes Blair, and she's got a big stack of books, and they're heavy, and someone offers to help, and she's like, no, I don't need any help. And then she lays eyes on Leo. And she's like, she suddenly becomes like a little Southern belle, like, oh, I need you to help me carry my heavy books because I'm just a girl. Her specific words were my heavy load my heavy load <laughs> specifically she's i wrote it down ah uh, can someone help me with this heavy load i did not catch that i wow. caught it immediately uh, clearly you did mm-hmm. wow anyhow um blair and leo instantaneously hit it off and before we know it she has whisked him off I think, I hope we address, is his shift over? Does he not need to be on the truck with... with yeah, that's a good question. What's his I don't name? know. I don't know why he was so, I mean... But she whisks him off to the library. Yeah. So off they go. They have left the room. Now, it, back comes Roy with Mrs. Garrett from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, okay, well, that's great and terrific. And so they're like, so that Leo is really something, huh? And he says, yeah, and he's a great guy. It doesn't matter that he's retarded. <laughs> and <laughs> Justin and I... Oh, it's the biggest uh, laugh of the episode. It's uh, it's not. The, they don't no, laugh. No, 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 no. It, it, it is funny in its absolute lack of irony yeah. uh, it's not trying to be funny it's trying to tell the truth yeah and in displaying that truth of their time okay against what we would consider to be just something re- reprehensible to say it's, it's just, it was funny there's a dissonance it's hysterical yeah but to look into but the past to, in you, that to you and me yes. this it's there was not a laugh from the audience like Whoa! Oh, no, <laughs> well, no but i i don't their laughs mean nothing to me. They're laughing at the wrong things, this audience. <laughs> they don't know what to laugh at. Well, because they're not from the future like you and I are. Uh, the fools. But we did. The fact is that this word, which we will try to limit our use of, because again, reiterating, it is not an appropriate word to use anymore. To hear it uh, spoken of in such a matter-of-fact just statement without any irony whatsoever yeah. behind it it's um it's not jarring but it's it's like listening to another language like a foreign language it's totally different yeah it's 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 looking into the past it's yeah. very interesting but very bizarre and and i literally every character says it everyone even miss when mrs garrett says it oh yes it's so it is just so jarring. And here's the thing. Let's take let's take a step back from here now. Okay. Um, the word retard, the verb to retard, R-E-T-A-R-D. Yes. To, if you want to, um, if, if, you know, you want take to... Take the connotations away. Right. Take the connotations away. To slow something down is yep. to retard it, to retard mm-hmm. the growth of that plant. You don't right. fertilize it as much. That sort of a thing. So the word was 
evolved from simply slower evolving, slower right. growing developmentally. And and at that time, of course, that word, it, there's no pejorative sense to it. It's no. a statement of fact. Yeah. Unfortunately, it has been warped into a way where it's now, it's, it's a terrible thing yeah. to refer to someone by. Uh, because, you know. Yeah. Evolution of the language. Uh, yeah. And, and the fact that it's because it's become pejorative and dismissive yeah. and all Absolutely. that. George Carlin did a really interesting routine years ago. Oh, so many of George Carlin's routines are about uh, language Glorious. manipulation yep. and interpretation and all that. And he talks about there's nothing wrong with the N-word. It's the racist fucking asshole right. that is saying the N-word. That is the problem, not the word. Words don't it's have any power. Again, we are not using this word in a pejorative sense. We're quoting the show. But no. this is this is the first time it's dropped. Roy says, it doesn't matter that he's retarded. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls goes, did you say that he's retarded? Right. And then Natalie says, mentally retarded? And he's like, yeah. I mean, it was just it, boom, it, boom, boom. And it never seems to stop. It never seems to stop. Okay, how the actor is playing it. His neutral is just looking and smiling blankly. And that could be taken as I'm a handsome dude in 1982 and I don't need to fucking be able to act because I'm so hot. But I think, to me, when I heard slow, and then when they took the box away, I thought, oh, okay, this is what's coming. I'm not going to do that lame attempt. You know, I have friends who are... Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I will say... I, I, uh, mental, uh, uh, disability, disabilities, Disab- uh, that is, by the way, the word that we have not yet used, which dis- is the right word. <laughs> mental disability comes in all different ways, uh, different, different features, different causes, different, mm-hmm. different, uh, uh, symptoms, all that. So I don't, this, we're painting with broad strokes here, but I have, I have known, uh, many people with mental disabilities and mm-hmm. I would never ever consider this person to be under the same umbrella it, it the the acting is um suspiciously off yeah it's it, i think broad strokes is the best way to do it i think it was convenient because they, it was convenient for the comedy they needed him to be passable in a way to make the opening yeah that reveal joke, the, oh, that yeah. reveal a thing and i think in doing that it's kind of disingenuous to the whole idea of it but that's besides the yeah. point well, anyhow, somebody says, oh, we didn't understand what you meant when you said he was slow. Yeah. And then they go, neither did Blair. And, oh, then, oh. and then the first Thornton Wilder moment of the episode. It was one of those uncomfortably long, everybody staring mm-hmm. out towards the audience, thinking about what has happened, where you expect the stage manager to come in and start narrating. Yeah. But yeah, it was a little bit long and uncomfortable. They do this it, so it often. Um, so then we come into a brand new set that we have never seen really? before. We have never, ever been inside um, the... Well, we've been inside the library when they were building it. Right. But we have never had this set with actual shelves of books in it. The fact that these girls have never seen books does not surprise me at all. <laughs> uh, especially considering, um, again, that stuffing thing. Mrs. Garrett does not understand the culinary arts. So in the library, Blair has, of course, whisked off mm-hmm. Leo. And they start doing... Uh, this this interaction where Blair is being flirty and blithe and 
uh-huh. having all the lightness and she's really carrying this conversation. And what is happening is now that we're getting to meet Leo, what we're finding is the way the character is written, mm-hmm. at the very least, it's consistent. And the way he's playing it, I think, is also consistent with the writing where he is playing it childlike, young, yeah, Certainly simple. more of that, yes. He's playing the simplicity, and I think that was a Absolutely. correct choice. So she says, so, do you go to Peekskill High? And, and he responds, no, I go to a special school. Yes, and finally, we, we've had the word slow. Now the word special has come about. Mm-hmm. And so she's thinking he maybe he goes to Bates, which is the boys, the exclusive boys school. And, um, and she's like, well, what do you study? And he says, I like to draw. And she says, really? I paint sometimes, which she does. That is a consistent thing, a consistently inconsistent thing about Blair's character. Every once in a while, they have to score a win, these writers. Good yeah. for them. And you, we, we said we were not going to talk during the show. We weren't. And then Blair said, oh, I paint too. What do, you, what do you paint with? Do you use oils or acrylics? And thank God the writers. And you said out loud. They, you were they like. They hit a home run. I, sa- I said, your fingers. Yeah, he did. He saw coming. And fingers. thank God yeah. they, that's what they chose. Yeah. He said, some of my classmates uh, use their fingers but I'm so good, they let me have a brush. So um, then uh, Blair gets, Blair is just like, oh, okay, okay. So finally, he's been allowed to speak enough that finally uh, the dawn is coming Mm -hmm. and Blair is finally seeing what's going on here. And then finally, uh, a little overly dramistically, in my opinion, Blair says, a special school? Yeah. And then she gets up and, like you do, turns her back to him. I'm always giving this show shit for the camera blocking of turning your back to somebody. And she has a long realization, pause, and another Thornton Wilder moment till we finally dissolve back to the cafeteria. Now, Hmm. um, the cafeteria, we can actually, we can kind of hit this scene pretty quickly here. Uh, they're all sitting around going, where are they? I wonder when they're going to get back. And I wonder if Blair is going to say something stupid or, and they keep saying, hope she doesn't say something dumb as opposed to, I hope she doesn't insult him. I hope that when Blair realizes that there isn't a problem, that type of a thing, but they were, they were saying, hope she doesn't say something dumb is the word they use. And so then they start deciding, who's going to tell Blair? Well, you tell her. No, I tell her. Let's draw straws. Well, Mrs. Garrett, how do I tell? Use the honest approach. Well, as they're practicing, Blair walks in and overhears Tootie say, what are we going to do? Just walk up to Blair and say, Blair, Leo is retarded. Thankfully, Blair's already in the room, so we don't have to say that word again. But Blair is surprisingly happy and kind of light with a little bit of a, a swing in her step. And she says she knows. She already figured it out. And they said, and then they say, so how are you going to shake them? Because the assumption is she's the pretty girl that all the boys like to hang on. I want to reiterate, these are horrible girls. (laughs) She treated this guy who I submit is not not showing too much of his disability. Really, he truly isn't. No. Um, She treats him like another person. 
mm-hmm. like another potential love. She treats him like a guy. Yeah. And then these evil bitches just give her such. A, what are you gonna do to shake him? Yeah. Ooh, do you know what he? Do you know what he is? Do you know what he is? Yeah. Oh my god, they're horrid. <laughs> so, when asked how she is going to shake him, Blair says, "I'm not going to shake him." Good girl. We're going out on Saturday night. Thornton Wilder. And then we go to commercial. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so the big whatever's Blair's planning to date. Uh, a boy that is that word? What? You know, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when people make a problem. They find a problem where one does not exist. Thank you. Oh, my God. There's no problem. Thank you. It's really nice. It's yeah. really sweet. She found a good-looking guy. Yeah. He's nice to her. Is he slow? He's slow, according to them. So what? He's so sweet. He is. These are the, these are terrible girls. <laughs> well, we're at commercial, Justin. Ugh. Commercial time is uh-huh. getting to know my guest time. Okay. Where were you born? Uh, I was... Uh, I was born in New Jersey. I was born in um, uh, Denville, New Jersey, but I, I grew up in a small town called Succasunna. How do you spell that? S-U-C-C-A-S-U-N-N-A. And yes, once a year, we did have Succasunny Day. Succasunny Day. That's not a joke. Wow. We would, we would gather outside the church and have like a block party and like throw, uh, what are those, um, those ping pong balls into like fish bowls to get fish and like have popcorn on the streets. It was a big deal. Wow. It was my St. Olaf. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and how did you come to be in Florida? Um, when I was 16, after my freshman year of high school, my family had to move, well, yeah, had to move. We had to move. Uh, we moved down to Florida. Witness protection. I wish it was that cool. <laughs> um, the, the economy. It was around 2003. The economy was was in the crapper, and mm-hmm. we had to go. So uh, we moved to Boca Raton, Florida, mm-hmm. where I went to the second of three high schools that I, that I went to, and uh, totally uprooted my life, and uh, ended up here. Okay. And Been, how did you yeah. start performing? Um, I uh, actually. Growing up, my sister was a performer in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, tap, singing, and she did everything, and I didn't do anything. Uh-huh. And then uh, one day I watched uh, this weird British show at 11 at night called Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, <gasps> and uh, that turned me on. That kind of sparked something, and we uh, were seeing a show that my sister was in, and there was an advertisement for improv comedy for like younger kids yeah uh i went to it and before going to that class i was the most boring disinterested quiet sad little boy and uh after that class i found something to be happy about and to be interested in and um that kind of started it and then uh uh went to college for theater performance and yeah and, and what start. what degree do you hold? I hold a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Theater Performance from Florida well, Atlantic University. Nice. And then you came to Orlando. Oh, that's... Well, you had been doing came, theater in South Florida. I had been doing theater in South Florida, and uh, I moved to Orlando under duress. <laughs> it was... It's not... It, looking back, it's a... It's, funny now it was yeah. not funny at the time uh, i uh was taking a small break from theater mm-hmm. uh because of some money troubles i had gotten myself into mm-hmm. uh and was then unceremoniously fired from a box office management gig at a local theater 
And um, at the same time, the apartment that I lived in for five years was uh, to be sold. Wow. So I lost my home, my job, and was broke. And um, luckily, I had done a show or two shows with um, the man who would become my best friend, Wesley Slade. Wesley who, who now? Wesley Wes- Slade. Yeah, I hear he's watch. very good. Yes. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> um, this might be the only public platform and my, my only chance in life to say this. Uh, he and his family, uh, out of the kindness of their hearts, took me in. I slept uh, on the floor in his closet for probably five or six months. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, yeah. That was truly where I lived, in a closet. Uh, and then I, luckily enough, booked an international uh, touring gig with a, a, a children's musical. Mm-hmm. That led to um, a cruise ship gig that lasted uh, for a few months. And, uh, and uh, I'm here. And, and you're here, and you not only perform at some of the tourist attractions, you also do stuff behind the scenes. You also have I some do. stage management, mm-hmm. uh, technician stuff that you do. I, I do what I have to do to survive. Yeah. And if that means making coffees at Starbucks or stage managing a show at the Dr. Phillips, I want to act, and that's what has to happen in order to get to that point. And thankfully, there are opportunities for that. Yeah. And it was it was through my friendship with Wesley that I met you. And now we're all sort of part of this, I always call the inner sanctum, the close uh, family members. So I'm glad to finally have you actually on the show because we do discuss it an awful lot. Yeah, I'm sorry that the episode... Uh isn't more dull because and i I mean it because i think that um if it was a worse episode more ripe for parody where it wasn't this taboo subject i think you'd have a better podcast oh Uh, i do because we'd have more to riff on less um to be afraid to joke about this is uh this is a tough sell yeah, it's it is very. What we're doing is super fun, but it is fraught. Our, yeah, our live studio audience right now has not laughed once, <laughs> yes. not once, and it's because this is such a heavy shit. Like, yeah. this isn't a funny one. Well, well, tell you what. Here's the way we can make this funny. Uh-huh. We're gonna come back from commercial. We're gonna return to the episode. We are now on the Saturday night that Blair has her date with Leo. The girls are waiting for Blair to return from the date, but because it's Saturday, they're in their street clothes. So Mm. we get to talk about the street clothes, which we always love to discuss. Did you notice anything particular? Did you have any thoughts? I, oh, I'm a terrible guest. No. Wow. I did not. Tootie is wearing a giant purple sweatshirt. Good Lord, it is massive. But we know... It is massive because Tootie has developed into such a, a busty young lady. Right. That's what they have to put on her that fits her. Uh, Natalie looks kind of smart. Natalie's in like a button-down Oxford and a sweater vest. She looks very, very smart. The amount of attention that you put into what they're wearing and all that I could think of are all my notes on the pastry boxes. <laughs> and I do have some things to say. Well, we'll say them right now. The biggest, most egregious thing is, um, I believe it's Joe, the lesbian. Joe. Um, She's not a lesbian. At the end of the episode, we're not really spoiling anything. At the very end, uh, they give her two pastry boxes. Mm -hmm. Now, they're clearly pastry. It's not bread. You don't put bread in pink boxes. Pink boxes are reserved, I think we all know, for anything with frosting. Correct. That's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, She 
picks them up and tilts them in a way that there's no way on earth that the icing isn't ruined on the side of those boxes. And I appreciate that you care so much about what they wear, but I care about what they eat. Yeah. And it is, it's sad that they don't care about their desserts. Hmm. I should point out to our, our fives of listeners that you are quite an accomplished cook and baker. So you do have a very strong connection and affinity for the food. Gaining five pounds every year. (laughs) Well, you are right, and I'm glad I have you here to give that other perspective. Who gets angry about a bread order not being delivered? Uh, How do you not have bread in reserve? You wait until the day of to call them up and say we're out of bread? You stupid bitches. (laughs) Well... Horrid. Joe is wearing a plaid shirt. I know. Get up off the floor and unclutch your pearls, ladies and gentlemen. Joe is wearing a plaid lumberjill shirt. And uh, Mrs. Garrett is wearing this uh, deep magenta top mm-hmm. and a purple skirt. She is really in the plums you, and berry land you there. D- you did. I did notice the magenta. Magenta is really my favorite color, and that was uh, striking. It was. When they put Charlotte Ray in bright colors, later she appears in an almost fluorescent pink blouse. Mm-hmm. And when they put her in the electric blues, they she wears those colors so well. And for all of the costuming fails throughout the entire series, that is one of the few things they do get right as far as they put her in vibrant colors and they absolutely work on her. It it saves us from the grayness of her face. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, it would be easy to, to get her into really overly matronly stuff. Oh, especially with the dreary face. Yeah. She she is a matron. She is uh, absolutely. She's, she is who Mrs. Lovett should be. Yeah, and we said she would have played, if she wasn't doing this show, she probably would have stepped in and played that at oh, some point in the original. she would have been perfect before Sweeney. this age of sexy Lovetts and Twinkie Tobiases. I know. That's Ridiculous. sad. That's sad. None of you have vision, artistic but, directors of the day. We've had some... Uh, issues with the with the tailoring of her skirt suits not mm-hmm. always being particularly flattering but definitely the colors for Mrs. Garrett we do give props and I will give credit Excellent. where it is due to the costumers and the Mrs. Garrett bun watch you know how much I have a stake in the appearance of Mrs. Garrett's hair and her bun this episode her hair is not in a bun it is pulled up almost as it always is but then the Top part of it is in this smart, attractive, impressive twist. It's like a twist instead of a bun. It looks like a pastry you might put in a pink box. I wouldn't eat that pastry, but yes, it does look like a frayed, frizzy-haired and uh, pastry. Yes. Uh, yeah. So in this scene, the Tootie is once again... It's funny how Tootie is the baby and has been accused of being the baby, but very often she'll be the mom character saying, and where have you been? And it's close to curfew. And what was I supposed to think? Tootie will go right into that shit. And here it is where she's like, "What? they should have gotten on this bus, Blair, and this guy should have been back by now. So what's going on? What They were out to the movies. And this is a question I I had is I want to know what movie they saw. Oh, that was good for both of them to enjoy. And E.T. Well, it could have been E.T. Anyhow, Tootie expresses concerns that we might be in a Lenny of Mice and Men situation. Oh, if this isn't 
uncomfortable. The mo- no, the most over the top, ridiculous idea of what this yeah. boy could do. Yeah. Oh. And and again, it was Mrs. Garrett. I was thinking of mice and men. In that book, Lenny was retarded too, and it's like. It, it it is it is the you know Hitler had a dog. It, yeah. it, it it's so <laughs> over the top in its absurdity. Yeah. Then Joe chimes in with there was a kid in her neighborhood growing up in the Bronx and he was special and she said I used to after the other kids would make fun of him I would what did you say swing the bat with him or shoot hoops. <laughs> Anyhow, she played some sport. I don't know. She did something. Yeah. She did a sport. I think it's called a sport thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she said, and he was good at the sport. But Joe does mention that of the names the kids called this special boy. You say it. Ricky Ritardo. That was said by a person, by a teenager in 1982 in primetime television, ladies and gentlemen. So then Blair comes home. They enjoyed the movie. He enjoyed the movie. And Blair is like, he notices things that people take for granted. I know his potential. I can open up new horizons for him. And this is where the darkness of her plans lie. This is where I thought, oh, no. She's, she's going she's gonna to save him from his retardedness. Well, that's... She's going she's gonna, to she's gonna fix him. She's going to help him yeah. out. Yeah. But, oh, but what's, no. But again, what was the end game? Was she thinking this was going to be she could zhuzh him up into an, a presentable, passable it's, boyfriend? It, it's, it's, to me, it's the flaw of this episode. The point of it should be when you date somebody romantically you don't change them you don't fix them you no. accept them for who they are having this boy uh be slow is unnecessary for the point they're trying to make with the overarching show you shouldn't have to I, do, you shouldn't try that with anybody i i get it it's true but then you wouldn't have the very special element i know but the the in, is that is that not using this disability for the purposes of their sinister comedy um the, the even bigger message that they didn't even understand they were making at the time is nowadays we are so much more concerned with agency and consent mm-hmm. and the idea that, okay, even if you think you're going to help him, does he understand you're helping him? Does, do you know what your goals are? Does he know what your goals are? You need to get his buy-in and Hello, he's a teenager. Where are his parents in this situation? It's really, it's, it's. I don't know. But it's, you shouldn't change odd. someone. The fact is, this is hardwired. Exactly. There, there is no changing this, mm-hmm. as opposed to changing someone and trying to get them to take up different hobbies and dress differently. That's no. what I'm. I'm just saying. There's a. I think there's a subtle difference. I think that message that you're talking about. I don't think that's quite. I just want to hate on these people. Yeah, terrible girls. <laughs> and They're I'm not awful. disagreeing with you that this is problematic. I, you, the, uh, in to a, say in the a least. way, it is. It is the perfect tool to use to get this lesson across and and i i do appreciate that from a storytelling point of view uh-huh. but i just in all snarkiness don't care for these girls <laughs> at all and all of them have their moments where you're like jesus it's like there's there's the show girls today's show girls Ugh. where they're horrible characters oh my god but i'm riveted these girls are horrible no. and i want them gone after one episode <laughs> well you need to watch more you, they, they grow on you do they? Okay. Yes. Um, so Mrs. Garrett does come in and say, Blair, 
You're not a professional, and there are responsibilities in a relationship like this. She didn't really say it that way, but I just felt like doing a Charlotte Ray screamy moment. And Blair's final word in the scene is, I know exactly what I'm doing. Long pause really? before the dissolve. Anything else to say about this scene? Uh, real quick. Uh, he noticed a lot of things. He noticed the moon, the stars, my smile. I would like to point out those are all shiny things. <laughs> oh, my key ring. The light bulb. <laughs> it, it's just an interesting choice of objects. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so, then we move on to the next scene. Yes. We are in the cafeteria slash parlor. So they talk about how they're doing all the work in the cafeteria, but Blair has been missing. And at one point, they refer to her as the miracle worker. Oh, God. <laughs> like, guys, guys. No. Mm. Because all disabilities oh, are honey. easily lumpable. Because because oh, Helen boy. Keller was retarded, really. I would I would beg to differ. I, she was deaf. She wasn't retarded. And she was blind. She was arguably one of the most intelligent women in our country's history. Although she shouldn't, she wouldn't argue with you. But yeah, I know. No, she spoke. She would. Fuck yeah. I I wouldn't get into an argument with Helen Keller. Uh uh I would pay money. Yeah. They pay money to get in an argument with Helen I Keller. feel like we would be severely unarmed in that battle of wits. I'm I'm I would not fuck with Helen Keller. I'm just going on record saying that. I um okay. But the deal is, um turns out Blair has been missing because she's been taking Leo to art galleries, museums, and concerts. And today she's going to paint with him. Take her motives out of it wonderful things oh oh beautiful oh my god what a great uh, good dates yes and even if she didn't want a romantic relationship with him and she just wanted to be friends ah so nice exactly it's unfortunate that her motives are so evil her unknown unstated motives Mm -hmm. are being interpreted as being devious or evil or duplicitous Mm -hmm. and that's the big thing that's missing from this episode if we had any sense of what blair thought this was all going to end up even if it was, I want to take him under wing and help him out. Yes. Fine. Like you say, those are fine we, and we wonderful. We really didn't get that until uh, a little later in the yeah. scene. It's like, no, Blair, you can't be with those people long enough. You're going to catch it from them or something. Like, really? That was kind of the... There, there was definitely a sense that she would catch it. Yeah. So then Leo shows up for this art thing. Blair's got a canvas and paints. Mrs. Garrett's going to bring some cookies. He also says one of the most... Uh, beautiful things. She's talking to him about Picasso and showing him some Picasso stuff. And he says, this Picasso guy's uh, not that smart. I mean, that woman only has one eye. And she then says, well, no, that's how he sees her. Mm -hmm. And he says, that's not how I see you. I see you and all three. And she says, all th- I only have two eyes. And he says, no, I'm talking when I, your two eyes and all the colors in them. There's um, brown, little bit of green, and tiny specks of gold. To which, if I were Blair, I would have said, fuck me now. <laughs> what a beautiful, lovely thing to say. Um, this, this is, um, it's a shame this romance is doomed because... Very nice guy. That was and very sweet. It, I feel like they told him, please don't play up the disability. Please be as sweet and honest as possible. And mm-hmm. he and he nailed it. Like, I 
those were the words in my head. Fuck me. Now. <laughs> oh. you, you're not wrong. You are absolutely not wrong. That's, that that was one yeah. of the sweetest, nicest moments. Unfortunately, it is then followed with Blair instructing him in painting, trying to teach him about perspective. And in the course of her constantly trying to correct him mm-hmm. and make him copy what she's doing. And then what are you doing? We'll try it this way. We'll now make it wider. We'll now make it longer. And he ends up... He, she, read the room, Blair. You can't yeah. see he's getting progressively more frustrated. Pointing read out. the room. And then he just has a bit of a meltdown. He throws the canvas down. And then uh, as he realizes, he turns to run out. And that's just when Mrs. Garrett has showed up with the cookies. And he knocks the cookies on the floor. And I know you and I are of the same mind that we would be way more traumatized by the loss of the cookies. I was traumatized by the loss of the cookies. So after his big outburst and the cookies are all over the floor... And he realizes what he's done, the damage, I guess, as it were. Yeah. He he's he starts to leave, and Mrs. Garrett says, Leo, where are you going? And just like a child, so simply, he starts to cry and says, I'm going home. And then he runs out. And it's, God, breaks your heart, really. That's the way the cookie crumbled. Oh, Oh, I was really having an honest moment with that. I don't like it, no. Um, Back to the fact that it was written consistently and he was able to play. I don't think this performance Uh is the worst thing about this episode. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He plays it like a man-child, like simple. I have my problem. We we disagree. I have my problems with how he is introduced. Yeah. I don't think it's that evident, and it makes the dropping of that word shattering to me. However, through and through, good actor. Agreed. Had some... the most genuine moments in the episode. I mean, the cookie thing, the home thing, uh, just the eyes. The eyes while, thing I mean, was nice. really, yeah. um, good actor. Yeah. There was a half a second that I was riveted by. Very soon after that, I think if we went back and looked, um, I wrote this down. Mrs. Garrett almost smiled in such an I told you so way Oh, when he hit her and it's a half a second I don't know if she was going to break and that wasn't meant to happen Oh, but I saw what a bitch wanting to <laughs> yeah. point out ah what did I tell you Blair um, she, awful she, you, she, the pain of this poor man she wanted to use to shove this bitch's face in it wow oh, these um, they there's there's the great Oscar Wilde line uh, that I think it's something along the lines of women only ever call each other sisters after they've called each other a great deal more yeah. first. Yes, that's and from the importance of being they earnest. Are, they are not calling each other sisters yet, not in this show. That's interesting because there's also a line from Stephen Sondheim's company, you see what you look for. I think you want no. you want to find... No, I saw it. I, I know what I saw. Okay, let's do it. What did you just pause on? Um, what did you just pause on? That is a smirk, an indignant, smug, I told you so face on Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't a good person be upset? Not smiling at the <laughs> error of a child. We literally have one frame of Charlotte Ray looking like we may have curled up the sides of I'm our so lips. I'm so glad I wrote this down. 
So, yeah, um, we, we did just go back and verify. Justin is not wrong, but nope. wow, it's very, very. Oh, it's devilish. Very brief. Anyway, at this point, now Mrs. Garrett turns to Blair and she says, um, what do you want? Finally, Mrs. Garrett says, what do you want from him? And Blair's like, I'm just trying to help him. And Mrs. Garrett says, you're trying to change him. Um, you're trying to make him into another person. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what am I supposed to do kind of a thing? And Mrs. Garrett says, oh. in her most warm, Mrs. Garrett. And remember, you can join me whenever One you're ready. One of the greatest line readers. Be the best. You can let him be the best that he can be. And accept him for what he already is. Warm, sensitive, creative, and retarded. <gasps> Again? It is so jarring! It's it's a time that without a wink, without a... Without no. Without a do No. No, and it Nothing. is... Nothing. It's heavy. Wow. So then our final scene is we're back in the cafeteria. The girls are working. In comes Roy, and carrying packages behind him is Leo. And he comes in and turns and says, this is very funny, Josie, my posy. And Joe is like, don't you ever call me Josie again. Proof that she is a lesbian. (laughs) This guy is so cute. uh, I'm not sure. His humor then translates into dad jokes now, which are now... The the hottest thing. Read the room. She has said she does. It's not even that she's annoyed by him. She explicitly tells him, go fuck yourself and leave me alone. And he doesn't get the hint. His early appearances were charming. At this point, you're just like, this is getting creepy. This is getting disturbing. If if this actor has a son today Uh uh-huh i would like to look him up you can look it up lauren lester the actor l-o-r-e-n lauren Uh lester he he's still working he's still out there you can find it you want to you could date him i I, he's probably i'm not into older gentlemen but if he has a son Uh (laughs) absolutely so mrs garrett is wearing the bright pink blouse it looks gorgeous on her it really does it really does um so knowing that uh, now we have Leo there, and Blair is there too. Mrs. Garrett quickly sets the stage and says, Roy, get in the kitchen so we can talk about something that's not happening out here. And then she says, Joe, come into the kitchen and take those pink boxes that you're going to tip and ruin the frosting on. And then <sighs> he... <laughs> so as Blair looks at him and says, Leo, I'm glad to see you. And he says, again, childlike... You're not mad at me because I ruined the painting? And he, she just said, no. And he said, I can paint you. And he, and he says, I can paint you another painting. And she says, okay. And he says, maybe some trees and pretty flowers. And he says, but how do you want me to paint it? And the final line of the episode, Blair says, paint it. Just the way you see it. Freeze frame. Credits. Applause. Everything is good in the world again. It's uh, they, they do give it the proper button. 
Yeah. You know, it's one of those, how do we in one line show that she's learned her lesson and everything is now fixed? Wow. So uh, we've come to the end of this episode. We've come to no greater understanding whatsoever of the mentally challenged other than... <laughs> We could argue the message of this episode is the mentally challenged are the way they are, and you can't change them or Which fix is them. Great, yeah, but false. I mean, <laughs> he's the sense is that he's just more of a, a underdeveloped mm-hmm. uh, psychological thing. So he's like he just has the mentality of a child or somebody significantly younger. Well, mentality of a child. Children can still learn things. Children can still. Yeah. You know that sort of deal. So, but there's there's it's there's, there's a glass ceiling. There's there's a there's a potential yeah. to be, yeah. There, like there's a restrictive potential. That doesn't mean that you can't learn and grow. Yeah. But I mean, we this particular person, not mentally disabled people, but this particular character, more than likely not going to the moon. There's a cap. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you can. So, um. I, so as. Go ahead. I don't know if I want this in the podcast, but I just want to discuss. I just, I'm curious how, if they ever made the decision um, to go, we need, you know how before we, we, we had gay in TV and culture. Yeah. Before, before we had it explicitly put out. Yeah. We had safe gays. Safe gays. We had, yeah. we had Alan Sues. We had Paul Lind. We had Charles uh, Nelson Riley. Riley. We had non-threatening safe gays. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious. One of the reasons why I didn't pick up on this guy was retarded. Uh, um, I'm very curious if they actively thought we can't really go there. Yeah, with this and we depiction. certainly couldn't we find an actor with Down syndrome yes. we, we who couldn't, could we have couldn't. perfectly played this character. It's just a curious... I'm, I'm not trying to make any points with it. I'm just curious if that was ever a discussion in the in the room where they thought, how far are we going to go with this? What are we yeah. trying to do? Like, how much thought went into the casting of this guy? Yeah. So we've come to the end of the episode. Um, I, should, I should quote this more from the theme song, You Take the Good, You Take the Bad where we have uh, both, regardless of whether we think the episode is good or bad, where it succeeds, where it doesn't succeed, uh, I'm trying to get in the habit now of ending the episode on the lighter note of, Justin, tell me a classic commercial from your childhood. Random anything. Okay. Um, That would be for uh, J.G. Wentworth. 877 cash now do you know this commercial uh, is this a local jersey commercial no not at all Florida, no. um or? if um i'm a i'm an opera fan i'm a big opera fan mm-hmm. uh these commercials um are it, it's an operatic ditty um for this company that um the lyrics are um i have a structured settlement but i need a cat I'm just I'm just gonna do it wow. and and be very I'm gonna embarrass myself but do no it one's, do it it's um it's I have a structured settlement but I need cash now called J G Wentworth eight seven seven cash now and it's these these like wow. weird opera people singing this weird fucking ditty on, on on a bus I guarantee you people will know what I'm talking about excellent and um well uh, Justin I'm so glad we finally made this happen. I I think this was I think this was a fun episode. I I am very disappointed in my performance. However, oh no, um, stop! I, I will edit I, it, and you will look mediocre. That's fine. 
Um, I hope <laughs> I hope that uh, in the future I might be able to do, I might be able to do one more on a less heavy subject on a less <laughs> um, inherently silly plot that yeah. there might be more for us to delve into. Okay, uh, I hope to have you back also, but I don't think I find to me this is the joy. Mm-hmm. of the podcast and uh, revisiting these episodes, particularly when we have such a disconnect from our oh. modern perspectives and point it of really, views. really, it's astonishing. This I was... Agreed, agreed. I, I'm not... A, I, I don't get shocked. This yeah. was thoroughly bananas. Yeah. So, Justin, do come back. Uh, you, you'll be back, as in you'll be back here because we hang out oh, regularly. I'll be back. I've got to make duck à la ronge or something next yes, time. Yes, you've made you've made a delicious bœuf bourguignon. I did. And what kind of a stew is that, David? What that would be a stew made of beef there and wine go. sauce. Yeah, Fabulous. you corrected me, and I did mention you earlier. You corrected me that I was talking about coq au vin, right? Which is, of course, chicken, and I confused coq au vin and bœuf bourguignon. Technically capon but we're gonna oh chicken is excuse the adequate. fuck out of me mr hoity-toity excuse me mr my shit don't stink after that stew mm-hmm. <laughs> we are so blair and joe right now are we am i a lesbian <laughs> no you're blair because you know french cuisine and i don't i'm a philistine Thank when God. it comes to that stuff Thank you. then you can you can have the pussy and i'll take the uh I'll take the <laughs> joe mic. is not a lesbian she marries a dude that doesn't no mean lesbian, anything. No lesbian has ever married a man at any point in their life. It's not happening. Oh, so, boy. Justin Schneier, thank you for doing this. Come back to the show. Come back to my house. I love you and adore you. I love you too, David. Thank you so much. And there you have it. That was Justin Schneier. Or as my iPhone likes to call him, Justin Skinner. The only point after the fact that I thought of when I was editing the show is I was reminded that Charlotte Ray, in her autobiography, talks a lot about the many challenges she and her husband faced raising their oldest son, who was on the autism spectrum, long before anybody understood what autism was or how to uh, treat or manage it. So another uh, framing factor that just occurred to me was Uh, As we watch this episode from the past where they're using the R word and as jarring as it is to hear today, if the word was super crazy negative back then, certainly Charlotte Ray would have put the kibosh on its use in the episode. Anyhow, moving ahead. Next week, I'm going to be watching season four, episode six called Dearest Mommy. And once again, I'm going to have a very special guest. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. 
Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. Let's face the facts.